Downtown Productions in cooperation with Zone Radio presents Downtown, the podcast. From the historic Zone Radio studios, here's your host, Rich Kimball. Hey, welcome in. It is indeed Downtown, the podcast. This is episode number 297. Rich Kimball here with you. We're brought to you every week by Renewal by Anderson, your trusted window and door replacement expert. Call them in May to 207-275-6622 or visit renewalbyanderson.com, the better way to a better window. Well, a couple of talented guests on the podcast this week. A little bit later on, singer-songwriter Mackenzie Phipps talks about her career and some great new music. But up first, an Emmy Award-winning filmmaker and producer. She has worked on a number of the ESPN 30 for 30 projects. She has a brand-new documentary streaming right now on Prime Video called Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. Our conversation with filmmaker Kristen Lapis here on Downtown. Hi, Rich. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, I have to tell you, I mean, I've, I've been a fan of Giannis since he came in the league as a player, but after watching your film, I think I'm an even bigger fan of him as a person. Oh, I, I love hearing that. That was absolutely the goal. So <laughs> it's nice to have this project out in the world. It was uh, two years in the making. And, um, yeah, we're just so excited for people to, to see that side of him. Well, you've had uh, so much success through the years with your films, but I have to think this one. Uh, talk about being in your wheelhouse uh, with basketball, of course, and then your own heritage. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'll ever be as connected to a, as a to a story and a subject as I as I was to Giannis and this project. Um, as you mentioned, I'm I'm Greek. Um, all of my grandparents were immigrants um, that came over from Greece to New York in search of a better life. And uh, I also come from a basketball family. My dad was a college coach for 25 years, and so it was kind of like my my culture, my heritage, and then the passion of basketball all together in this one amazing story. Uh, and, you know, Greeks, we feel this sense of pride in other Greeks that are doing amazing things. And so with Giannis, I had been following his career since he came to the league in 2013. Um, and when I was approached about this, it was like a no-brainer for me. Well, the story is only, as it turns out, tangentially about basketball. This is really a story of family and starting with the, the very courageous move that his own family made in leaving Nigeria for a better life for their kids. Yeah, it was it was a really tough decision. And his mom was not comfortable at first speaking to me about that um, because I think it still is really painful for her. Um, she actually had to leave her oldest son there because um, they couldn't make the journey to Greece from Nigeria with him. And he, she ended up leaving her son with his grandparents, her parents. Um, and I think it's still... You know, it's still um, a wound for her, uh, but sacrifice, that's the theme of the entire family story. Um, they went to Greece trying to find a better life. Um, they had four sons, and they raised them in Greece. And even though they had very little money and they lived in, you know, lesser than ideal situations, um, they were supportive and they loved and they gave their sons the belief that they could do whatever they wanted, which I think is incredible. 
Although it was not the easiest time to be an immigrant in Greece, as we learned from the film, uh, the presence of groups like uh, Golden Dawn certainly made it a challenge. And, and Giannis saw his job in many ways as being the protector for his brothers. Yeah, that was something that was really important for all of us making this, is we wanted to ins- we wanted to explore the complicated relationship that Giannis and his family have with the country of Greece. Um as an undocumented immigrant, as you said, growing up there in the early 2000s, life was really, really challenging. Um, there were, you know, groups, anti, you know, racist groups, um, the Golden Dawn being one of them, one of the most prominent anti-immigrant groups that were violent. And Giannis experienced all of that. And I don't think that until now he was ready to talk about that just because he still goes back to the country and he he does feel like that's his home. And so again, it's that complicated, like feeling of it's home, but there were so many people that didn't accept us. Um, But I think that now at the age of 29, having um, a little distance, he was finally ready to go there. And I do think it's one of the most powerful um, pieces of the film is, is that experience as a child in Greece as an undocumented immigrant and the complications um, that that kind of makes him feel towards that country. Well, one of my favorite stories early in the film is uh, how they would go to the Internet Cafe, and that was their gateway to the NBA. How amazing is that? Like, they didn't have a computer at home. They didn't have Internet. And so they would go to this Internet Cafe down the block from their home, and they would pay, you know, a euro for an hour to, to watch highlights of NBA players. And, like, it's so surreal to think about that now. Like, you know, when you watch the all-star game on Sunday and you see him playing with LeBron James and all those guys, but that's how he learned was like putting the Euro in the slot and watching highlights of LeBron James on this computer in the internet cafe with his brothers. And they said it themselves. They're like, we were almost like starstruck and like through the computer screen because (laughs) we were so amazed and we were like, it was almost like another world for them. Um, so it's crazy now that he's there. Uh, you know, he's LeBron James's peer, essentially, which is wild. We're talking with Kristen Lapis about her wonderful new documentary, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, streaming right now on uh, Prime Video. How remarkable is it to look back and, and realize what happened uh, with this guy playing in Greece for John Hammond, the GM of the Milwaukee Bucks, to go all the way to Athens to watch him play? Yeah, it's that interview with John Hammond was one of my favorites that I conducted over the course of this project because it really was like a shot in the dark from the Bucks. They saw a highlight reel of them playing in Athens, and then they flew over. And the craziest part about the story is that they actually didn't see him play a game in Athens. They mm. only saw him practice. And from that practice, they felt like they saw enough where they were willing to to take this chance and draft him. Um, again, I don't I don't think that that will ever happen again. I don't think it happened before that. The Bucks didn't even have a physical on Giannis when they drafted him, so they had no idea like what his health was, um, and they still just took this chance. Um, so it really is remarkable. And and hearing John Hammond talk about it. Um, he doesn't like to take any of the credit, he was, but he was like, it was just this gut feeling that he was special. And, and then that leads to that surreal moment of uh, Giannis and his family, again, undocumented immigrants, and all of a sudden they're meeting with the prime minister. Yeah, can you imagine 
he says, you know, my parents met the prime minister of Greece and they were still undocumented. <laughs> um, life changed in a matter of minutes, it seems like, for him, um, as he described to me. And it all happened so fast. Um, but again, like, the complicated relationship with Greece comes back. I'm meeting the prime minister, what an honor, but my parents don't even have papers to be here legally, and they can't get a visa or a passport because they're not citizens. Um, so again, just super, super complicated for him and his family. I love the story of when he realized that he was going to be drafted by the Bucks as he saw Commissioner David Stern looking down and, and clearly trying to figure out how to pronounce his last name. Oh, it's the best. Him and his brother, Thanasis, uh, recounted that story, and I just laughed so hard because they were like, anytime we see somebody looking and they're like, how do I say it? They're like, that's us. Um, yeah, it's such a good, um, in filmmaking, you look for those like little details in the stories that kind of have never been reported on that kind of take you into that moment. And that absolutely is one of them. And you can actually see when you watch the film, you can see David Stern kind of looking <laughs> at the paper and his face is like, oh, should I go for it? How do I say it? Um, so it's a, it's a fun moment in the movie. Also fascinating, too, to learn about uh, what the practice facility was like uh, for the Bucks uh, at an archdiocese with, with priests waiting on the sidelines to play a pickup game. Yeah, I mean, that was another part of this thing that I really wanted to explore was like, how unlikely this like marriage between the city of Milwaukee and Giannis is and how it feels like, you know, this guy from Greece and this like small Midwestern city, like what could they have in common? But in reality, they work so well together. And, and I wanted to make sure I, I explained to people why that was. Um, and, and one of the things that you just alluded to was there were not flashy, you know, resources and facilities like in some of the other big MBA markets. It was a very small town vibe. Um, and my favorite story is, you know, the, the, they played in a, they practiced, the Milwaukee Bucks practiced in a seminary for priests. <laughs> and the priests would literally come during their lunch break and play pickups <laughs> on the same court the Milwaukee Bucks practiced at. Um, but again, the reason we included that was to say that, like, God, I love that. Because it kind of rem reminded him of the humble, you know, beginnings and, and the, the tiny little gym that he grew up playing in in Athens. Um, one one story that I'd love to share that didn't make the film that's also hilarious. Um, they actually had a, a like a, a wax figure of a security guard that would sit outside the practice facility that would like people thought he was real and he would actually like freak people out. And again, <laughs> it, it just all speaks to like how silly this this market is. You got to go look it up though. Um, his name is Art. So if you go down a, a rabbit hole on the internet, look up Art the Security Guard at the Milwaukee Bucks uh, practice facility. You'll have a good laugh. <laughs> and as we mentioned, the story is really so much about family uh, struggling to finally get his parents here. And then, of course, uh, dealing with the loss of his dad, which uh, all of a sudden thrust him into the position of, of being the head of the family and then expanding his own family through parenthood. Yeah, that, I mean, his relationship with his father um, was something that he had never really gone into before in any other interview that we really wanted to explore in this, um, how his dad shaped his life, um, the sacrifices his dad made for him, and then ultimately when his dad passes, 
the impact that had on him. And Giannis has told me numerous times that he did become a father so early in his life um, because of his dad. So I definitely hope that the themes of fatherhood and that sacrifice his dad made for him, that comes through in the movie. Well, and then uh, him winning that championship after a half century, bringing a title back to Milwaukee with, with one of the greatest championship game efforts we'll ever see scoring 50 points and to see the emotion on him, the impact of what he had done and, and uh, what it meant to his family and, and his new family there in Milwaukee. It was some really powerful things to see behind the scenes. Yeah, that, I mean, that's one of the defining moments of his of his life and his career. And the first thing he did after he won the title was he went and sat down on a bench by himself. Mm. And he told me, like, I was I was just thinking of dad and that I wished he could have been here. But, you know, so appreciative for the sacrifices he made for, for me and my family so that I can be here. So it is it's an emotional moment. And in the in the film, um, there was a, a videographer that was with Giannis for a lot of his early career, and we were able to get that footage from that videographer. And there's this epic shot um, where the, the the videographer follows Giannis for about five minutes um, and doesn't cut his camera and just kind of captures that really emotional moment for him as he's winning the title and thinking about his dad. And, and I found myself contrasting that with the video of him as a youngster when he first became involved with basketball and, and not even playing, just serving as a manager, wiping up the floor and, and how far he had come in his marvelous journey. Yeah, uh, Kristen, thank you so much for being with us. Of course. I hope that was helpful. Thank you again. Kristen Lapis talking about her documentary, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. We'll take a break for a quick word from our friends at Renewal by Anderson. And when we come back, we talk with singer-songwriter Mackenzie Phipps. The better way to a better window, Renewal by Anderson. Are you ready to fall in love with your home again? Are you ready to transform your home with new windows and doors that'll stand the test of time? Look no further than Renewal by Anderson. This is owner Troy Pearl to tell you that our signature service is designed to take you seamlessly from start to finish, ensuring a stress-free experience in your window and door replacement journey. At Renewal by Anderson, we understand the importance of quality craftsmanship and unmatched expertise. And here's the exciting news. We're extending an exclusive offer just for you this February. Enjoy employee pricing with $300 off each window and $600 off each door. That's right, $300 off every window you buy and $600 off every door. To schedule your free in-home, no-obligation consultation, visit us at rbagreatermain.com. That's rbagreatermain.com. The better way to a better window. Renewal by Anderson. Guest is a talented singer-songwriter who hails from Virginia. 
Her name is Mackenzie Phipps, and we talked with her about uh, her career and some terrific new music here on Downtown. Hi, Rich. It's Mackenzie. How are you? I am doing just great. How are you today? I am rolling along. Well, I'm so glad. I appreciate you making some time for us today. Oh, well, thank you so much for speaking with me today. You better believe it. you got a lot going on. Uh, do you mind if we listen to a little bit of music? Not at all. Here, let's check this out. Brand new single from Mackenzie just out. Let's give a little listen here. Mackenzie's brand new single, 18 Wheels. And oh my gosh, that is that is such a, a slice of awesomeness near, there, Mackenzie. And it's a great ode to, to truckers, but also a wonderful tale of father and daughter. Yes, Shane Begley, my backup singer and guitarist, he did a phenomenal job writing this song. And he really did capture in the storyline, not only an emotional, heart-wrenching story or a tear-jerking story for that matter, but also just the overall meaning of the story being just how important truck drivers are in today's world. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you've been on quite a rocket ride here the last couple of years. Let's let's go back. Uh, you're, a, you're a Virginia native. Yes, I am. I was born and raised in Bluefield, Virginia, and I lived there up until 20 years since last June. And uh, did I read uh, you were, what, about 14 when you started uh, really focusing on singing as a career? Yes, I started doing my own shows when I was 14 years old, and at that time, I had not yet learned the guitar, so I would do my shows with my full-size keyboard, and needless to say, that was difficult to haul around everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So I eventually, at the age of 15, learned guitar, and since then, I've been doing shows left and right. And you've had a tremendous following so far on social media and really taking advantage of that. And I, uh, the world has changed so much uh, in music. It's in many ways, it's easier to reach a lot of people. But I have to think it's also easy to get lost in the shuffle because there's so much out there today. Oh, uh, well, especially, you know, in today's world with music, it's so much different than it was back in the day, like in Loretta's day, for instance, because I always tell people there's pros and cons to how life is in the music world today than it was back then because I would have loved nothing more than to have been able to have showed up at a radio station and give them my record and be like, here, I want to talk about this song. And they go ahead and play it because you put them on the spot. But nowadays everything is virtual and on the technology side of things. So that also, in a way, is better because it can reach so many demographics of people all around the world. But sometimes you just got to, put it all in the Lord's hands and have him guide you as to where you need to be. Yeah, and I got to think it's hard to separate yourselves from others, but you've done that, first of all, with an absolutely wonderful voice, but you've got a great ear for good songs, too, and that shows in all of the music you've released. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that, especially with the songs that I've released. When I went in the studio with my producer, Sal Oliveri, he had pitched 
three songs, which are out. Those were Drag, A Little of Both, and Life Gives You Love. And then the other three, which we have one more to go, those songs were written by Shane, and I had co-written on some of them. And the two that are out that Shane has wrote was You Bring the Beer, I'll Bring the Noise, and now 18 Wheels. And the last one that will be coming out, he did write as well as I co-wrote with him on it. But he is a phenomenal songwriter, and I am very fortunate that he writes songs for me to sing. And uh, You Bring the Beer, I'll Bring the Noise is is great fun, but also an ode to uh, your background. Yes, we wanted to come up with an upbeat song to add to the repertoire of songs we had already done in the studio because that was the last song we actually recorded. And I had asked Shane if he could just write an upbeat song about me, and he decided to subject it around where I grew up at. But we had to put something in the mix for people out there that have never been to Virginia or lived in Virginia to relate to. So we just threw beer into the mix. (laughs) I want to play a little bit of uh, one of the other songs you've released. Let's listen to uh, Mackenzie Phipps here and Life Gives You Love. such a great bluesy feel on that one Mackenzie that was the whole reason I had chose that song when Sal had pitched it to me because a lot of my audience knows me of course for my country twang but I do have a soulful blues element to my voice as well and I felt like with that song I could really convey it through and I love singing that song you have uh, paid tribute to some greats in country music, too, with some of your uh, videos that you've posted. Uh, what a wonderful version you did of Lacey J. Dalton's classic 16th Avenue. Oh, thank you. Yeah, when I had learned that song, it was a little difficult at first because Lacey has such a low-toned, rich, deep voice. And I struggle a lot with low notes. The Lord made me a soprano and... I haven't been treading from that since, (laughs) but when I had done that song, I actually did it in three separate keys, because I'm actually trying to remember. I can't remember. uh, I'm pretty sure the the key of the song is in G, and then I had done it in G sharp, and then I did it in A, and I finally was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go with it, and I'm going to post it, and Lacey is just such an amazing woman. I have met her a couple of times, and she's just so humble and so down to earth. I mean... You could go up to her and she treats everybody the same with 
the utmost respect and hospitality, and she's just an amazing woman, and I'm glad to call her my friend. Boy, and, and another uh, down-to-earth, humble, and just uh, amazingly uh, terrific person. I've had the pleasure of uh, meeting a number of times, and you did a wonderful salute to her as well, the great Patty Loveless. Oh, yes. I love me some Patty. I actually just recently, a couple months ago, went to the Country Music Hall of Fame, and I got to see her section, and I just thought it was incredible everything that she has accomplished over her span of being in music in general. And my one of my favorite songs of hers to sing is definitely You'll Never Leave Harlan Alive, which I do have a video mm. up on my page of me doing it with um, good friends of mine that are in a band, and they're called Monroeville, and they like to do different kinds of bluegrass music, and they don't like to pigeon, pigeonhole themselves into bluegrass because they have such a unique sound. But I definitely, when I wanted to record that song, I reached out to them, and I thought they did fantastic on it. Uh, along with making wonderful music, uh, you have also been working uh, very hard for a number of years, making life better for uh, animals, and particularly rescuing dogs and working with shelters. Uh, what drove that passion? Well, I've always loved animals ever since I was a little girl. If I could pet it, then I loved it. But I got involved in shelter work when I was still living in Virginia, and I would go down to West Virginia because they had a shelter that I was that I had mutual friends with. And there was a dog named Swanson. He is the whole reason I even started getting into animal work because his story was just very sad. Um, to make a long story short, they had found him. He was a pit bull, and he was running around as a stray. He had no use of his back legs. Um, his ears had been clipped by scissors, and it, you could tell this dog was not in a good place in his life, but um, they were able to rescue him, bring him to the shelter. We had raised money for him and spread awareness about his situation, and things started going good, and we had raised money to help him through treatments and everything like that, and things were going good, but then it's like we reached that peak, and he just quickly started deteriorating, and we had to look at his quality of life, and at that point, he was just suffering, and we didn't want him to suffer anymore, so we had um, let him go be with the Lord, and since then, I always, I had swore I was going to help as many dogs in that shelter find their forever homes, and I was fortunate enough to have gotten over 30 adopted. Well, that is wonderful. Well, as somebody who's got a, a rescue dog from Mississippi at home that I that I love so much, uh, but from both me and Ginger, we thank you for all the work you've done there. Now, I understand, too, you're you're adding uh, to your household. You're, you're getting a kitty cat soon? Oh, my gosh. How did you know that? <laughs> oh, I hear things. You know, I do some research. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, I've been trying to keep it a secret. But I did tell people last night on my live stream, I gave them a hint as to what I wanted for my birthday, which I'm very fortunate in my life that I don't need anything. This was definitely a want, but um, I actually worked at a local animal shelter down from my house in Tennessee, and there was a little cat that came in, and we think that he may have been attacked by something because when he came in, he had had a wound on his back, and he was sick. So um, every day I was giving him medicine to help him, and thankfully the wound is now completely healed. And he's cross-eyed, and he's just the cutest little <laughs> thing. And I was like, I'm bringing this baby home to meet my baby Raven. So I'm well, going to be adopting him officially in three weeks, and I cannot wait. 
That's wonderful. Well, I know you're going to give them a great uh, forever home. Uh, we wish you good luck with that. Uh, visit Mackenzie's website at MackenzieFipps.com. Uh, listen to her music. See where she's playing if you get a chance to catch her in person. Uh, you sound so good, and I, I love the fact that each of the songs that you've released uh, shows a different uh, side of your talents. Uh, you've got a big future ahead of you. I can't wait to see uh, where everything goes with you. Let me wish you a happy early birthday as well, and thanks so much for being on with us today. Mackenzie. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you telling me happy birthday. Today is officially 22, so feeling older every day. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all downhill from 22. Yep, it is. <laughs> I got the bad back and the bad feet, and oh, it's taking me a bit to get out of a chair. I'm feeling it, but I thank you so much for speaking with me today, and everybody go download 18 Wheels. That's Mackenzie Phipps with us here on Downtown Hour. Thanks to Mackenzie. Thanks to the talented filmmaker Kristen Lapis. And, of course, to you for being with us this week on Downtown, which is brought to you every week by Renewal by Anderson, the better way to a better window. Downtown produced by Carrie Haskell. I'm Rich Kimball, and we'll see you next time right back here on Downtown.